This episode is sponsored by CoachSnap. Are you looking for an all-in-one platform to help you build your coaching business? Then you need CoachSnap. It allows you to schedule appointments, collect payments, train and support all of your clients' needs. Health, fitness, hockey, football, or even life coaches can use CoachSnap. It's the business platform that will help you be the best coach you can be. Ladies, welcome back to another episode of Journey of a Fearless Female. I'm your host, Pale Rosser, and this week, my guest is Shanna Montañez, founder of BTGN, the agency, is a creator and connector in music and entertainment with 15 years as an artist, writer, and consultant. She is responsible for being the liaison between marketing executives and leading production teams to create customized music for many networks, including brands like 20th Century Fox, Hulu, CBS, CW, VH1, Showtime, Bravo, DreamWorks, and Coca-Cola. In addition to creating customized music, Shanna works closely sourcing top-line writers and music with A&R in both the U.S. and Greater China for songwriting camps and overseas artist placements. As well as consulting for music licensing companies, Shanna has also worked extensively in creating music for children's marketing, including animation, TV series, and films, and a line of children's books. As a queer artist, Shanna is passionate about amplifying the LGBTQ plus talent and has curated creative directive and participated in lineups heavily in the Pride Festival circuit, including LA Pride, Long Beach Pride, Santa Monica Pride, She Fest, and Women's Red Rock Musical Festival. Shanna has also spoken on multiple stages, regarding diversity and inclusion in music from the, an LGBTQ plus space voice. Everybody, please welcome Shanna. Woohoo! Oh my God, <laughs> thank you so much for having me. That, that sounded like it. I was like, wow, whose bio is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I lost my breath a couple of times. I was like, she's done so much in her life. Thank you so much for taking your time out to be on this podcast. I'm excited to hear about your journey. So tell us about your fearless journey. All right. My fearless journey begins in Chicago. So I live in Los Angeles now. I'm originally from Chicago. And, you know, I had a childhood where I was just really drawn to being on stage. And it was kind of like my own inclination. My parents were by no means stage parents. My dad was a city bus driver. My mom was a stay-at-home mom, three kids. Like there was no background in the arts, but they were really good. My mom was really good at kind of like nurturing and kind of being my wing woman for uh -huh. anything, you know, that I wanted to get into. So I started dancing and I actually started doing theater. I was, I was an actor. That was like my life. Dancing and acting was kind of like my foundation. Found like a theater arts uh, program at the local park district, a flyer on our, on the lamppost on the corner of my street <laughs> and like ripped it off and brought it home. And I was like, please, can I go? Yeah. Your mom, mom, this is my chance. <laughs> I, exactly. And she was like, well, it's free. You know, we don't put any money down for it. So I went and then actually through that camp at the end, they put us all on tape and they had an agent come out and I was one of two chosen and it wow. kind of just spiraled from there. You know, I was 10 years old with an agent. Again, my mom had no clue how to nurture this or what she was doing and yeah. kind of went along with that. And then I started doing like local theater at local park districts. And then when it was time for high school, I, I found out about a performing. I didn't know that there was like differences in high schools. I thought it was kind of like, you know, you just go, you know, I'm a product of the public school system. So it's kind of like, you're going to the school that's on the corner because it's free. <laughs> 
Yeah. Like, that's where you're going. Like, we got no money to pay yeah. for you to go to private school. So yeah. I, I didn't found even out- know there was private schools growing up at all. I was oh the same God. way. I was a product of public school. So I didn't know that there was like specialty schools. Like now that I have two stepsons and we live in the suburbs in Orange County, there are like certain schools that are for the arts and I high schools that I didn't I didn't even know existed. Yes. And, and honestly, you probably don't know they exist if you don't know to look for them, mm-hmm. you know, especially if you're just used to kind of just going with the flow of whatever's in the hood. So I I found, you know, somebody, I don't know if it was like my eighth grade counselor where they were like, yeah, there's, there's this school that you have to audition to get in. It's a public school. Um, but if you're out of the district, you have to be part of one of the arts programs. And I was like, I want to go. <laughs> so I auditioned and then I, you know, I got in and I was a theater major there. I went to uh, Columbia College in Chicago. I was a theater major there. And then I also, while I was there, I had auditioned for a a dance scholarship at a big dance studio and I got it. So I was literally in school, you know, during the week and then Monday through Friday from 5 to 10 p.m. I was in dance classes and then Saturdays and Sundays I was in dance classes from like 9 to 5. Oh, my goodness. And then when I was a senior in college, I actually got cast in a major equity uh, theater production at the Goodman Theater. And then while I was in rehearsals, I had audition for the Mary J. Blige tour as a dancer for Avant, who is an R&B singer. No and, way. Uh, yeah. And so I booked that. <gasps> so literally I did like a three, my last semester in college, because I was a theater major, they let me essentially not go to school uh-huh. and be part of this outside equity production. And when that three months ended for that show. It ended on a Sunday and Monday I flew to LA and then I was on tour for like a no year. No way. How old were you <laughs> when this happened? I was, I had just graduated college. I was 20, 21, 22. Wow. So during the whole entire time, let's rewind a little bit because, you know, at one point in my life, I tried to be like in the modeling world. I remember my mom took me to this like really dodgy <laughs> dodgy place and was like you know they made you take pictures and pose and all kinds of stuff and I just you know there was a lot of rejection that came with like having to audition and having to go to modeling things and and for me like after my second or third rejection I was done like I was like I can't I don't like being told that I need to lose more weight or that I need to be taller or that I need to have different color hair. So tell us about that part, because yes, it can be great to have all of these things handed to you, but a lot of the times that's not the reality, correct? Correct. You know, my father's from Puerto Rico and then my mother is uh, French, Austrian, and Irish. So, you know, I have a, I had a very like, you know, I was like in a diet. Yeah, girl, you know, I had the little pamper, little pamper with like a little Puerto Rican booty in it, you know, and just like I was a little, you know, I was never a size zero. I was, I was diverse. I had this um, ethnically ambiguous look. Now it's, it's like a popular thing. But back then it was kind of like, like, you know, there was no like leading roles for me. And I don't know what it was. I just had this like fire in my belly that just like kept me going. And I think Mm -hmm. I also had, you know, my mom who was, she kind of kept me, I think, grounded in the sense she never fed it. Like you're the best, you're the greatest, you know? And then, (laughs) and then, and then she also on the flip side, wasn't one that would kind of like kill my spirit. Mm. So she kind of kept it in the middle. Like I remember I auditioned for this show. It was way back in the day called putting on the Ritz. Okay. It was, it was like by, it was like around star search era and it was a lip sync show. 
And I found a flyer at the mall when I was with my mom. And I was like, mom, I have to, you have to let me audition. And she's like, okay. So, you know, every, everybody, she would always be like, oh, okay, you got it. So I got my neighbor and she wasn't even a dancer, but she could do backflips. So I was like, we got this. We're going to freaking win. And, you know, I was like eight. And yeah. So I show, we show up in like black leotards and black tights. Mind you, everybody, it's a lip sync show on national TV. So people are in like full costume. Like if I'm doing Dolly Parton, I look like her. I have a wig. Yeah. We had, we had nothing on. I found uh. a song from Footloose and I was, we were in, we did a two-step for the whole three minutes. <laughs> and then at the end girl, she busted out the backflip twice and we were like, boom. And then just ended in a pose. They were like, Monday, we're going to be calling people. So I remember I was like waiting by the phone. I was like, mom, are you sure you have to stay off the phone? Have you been on the phone? They must've called and we just didn't get the message. I was so sure we got it. <laughs> and like, my my mom, God bless her. She was like, you know, you guys did really good, but man, there was a lot of really good people there too. So, you know, like this one might just not be your, your time, you know? So she kind of had that energy about it. I slowly got used to it and not that it wouldn't affect me, mm-hmm. but I don't think, I think there's some people that are born and built for it and some that are just not. And I think that I just, it was something innate that you could be like, yeah, you're too fat or you're not that pretty. And I'd be like, okay, cool. Whatever. Anyways, I think I'm bomb. Like, let's keep it moving. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love the confidence in that energy. Like you have that energy within you, even just talking to you, I'm getting like super excited. I'm like, I want to dance and do backflips and do, you know, (laughs) it's, it's funny because you do have to have that energy, you know, that energy of like, this is what I'm meant to do. Like it's not, it sounds like since you were a child, you knew that this was your gift. And so you were just persistent and your mom went with it. And it was great to have that, just like a great surrounding of like people who encouraged you. And then, and like you said, she wasn't like a complete stage mom, but she really wasn't like the person that was killing your dream either. She was just guiding you, which is amazing. So what a blessing to have such an amazing mom. This episode is brought to you by Elage. Let the healing begin. This miracle emollient helps with dry cracked skin, cracked and callous heels, and even eczema. I've personally been using this formula on my feet since Sue Ann was a guest on my show. Ladies, Elage is truly a miracle formula. Let me tell you, I went on a hike recently and I got a rash from some crazy plants. I put some Elage on the rash and it was gone within 30 minutes. Get yourself some Elage and let the healing begin. The link is in the show notes. So tell us a little bit about like what you're doing now and how you got into that. So I ended up moving to Los Angeles and I kind of slowed down on the dancing and I was focusing on my acting full time, had an agent and, you know, through the course of it, I have always been a writer. You know, I almost double majored in writing when I was in college because I always, when I was emotionally charged, my release was always to write, just Mm -hmm. to get a pen and paper and just write, write, write. And I had also randomly like just started writing songs, lyrics and melodies. And, but I had never really pursued it or put much energy into it. Cause I was always working or training and dancing or acting. Mm-hmm. So then when I got to LA, I had somebody that was like, Hey, my, you know, my boy's in the studio and he's looking for a girl to sing on a hook. Mm-hmm. And it was actually baby bash that I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's like a rapper yeah. from, yeah. So he was like, yeah, he's in the studio. I was like, Oh shit. Okay. So I was like, all right, let's do it. So I went and and then when he heard me sing, he was like, oh man, I love your voice. It's got a really interesting tone. Can you write? And he gave me a couple beats and I went into another room by myself. And then I came out in a couple hours and I was like, okay, I wrote 
a few songs and he's like wait what and I just like it kind of snowballed from there uh-huh. and I slowly started like meeting people and then you know I started my flame started burning out and dwindling mm. a little bit in acting and I think I had a lot of almost I had a, a lot of like very strong life-changing almost that happened that I think I started just it, it started becoming like okay like I'm gonna take a step back and I started slowly moving into the music world meeting people um you know I would write stuff and people would say you know who wrote that and I'd be like oh I did and so then you know I had some songs that I had written and then I found people interested in me as a songwriter so yeah, so then I started like just kind of networking and meeting other collaborators and doing stuff like that. I had a few different bands at different points. And, you know, right now where I'm at right now is I started BTG and the agency. It, it actually started as a nonprofit right before mm. COVID hit. And I was kind of frustrated with like the misogyny and the gender disparity that I was experiencing in the yeah. music industry. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I just want to, you know, start bringing all these like women in music together. And I found a lot of different organizations doing the same thing. And I'm like, oh, we should just all unite. And just like, I wanted to make it my goal to create a space for women X, you know, yeah. black and brown community and queer community to just like, be able to have these under like these, you know, marginalized communities, you know, intersectional to come together and have a space where they can like be free of some of that stuff and have a place where they can be amplified and wow. their voices could be heard. Oh my gosh. I love it. How did that, like, how did you like begin? I mean, I know that was just the thought first, right? You thought about it. And then how did you like get the ball rolling in creating an agency? Because it seems like easier said than done, right? Oh, girl. Especially because you're like cutting through tape of like, like you said, misogyny. It's like a man's world, you know, and they have a lot. I mean, thank God, you know, was it Steve um, Weinstein or was his first name? Oh, Weinstein? Harvey. Harvey. Yeah. Uh, where did I say Steve? <laughs> no, Girl, but I there's mean, there's probably a Steve in there that's in there's the probably same a Steve that's been doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But there's like so many men that control that industry. I mean, just recently, did you hear the news of like Marilyn Manson and the things that he was doing to Evan, the actress on uh, West Westworld? I think it is. Yes. And it's like all the things that he's gotten away with because of what people in Hollywood, just the managers, the producers, everyone just turns a blind eye. And, you know, I've recently read Becoming Mariah Carey, and she's also, you know, had her stint with like her producer, Tommy Mottola, who like kept her, you know, in a corner and wouldn't let her do anything, didn't even know how much money she was bringing in to the record label. I mean, there's so many different mm-hmm. stories that I've read and heard about throughout the industry, which to me as a female, I was always afraid of actually, I was casted to be on the show, Big Brother. And yeah. I had such a crazy panic attack that I left because it was just there was so much control that mm-hmm. I was like, I cannot be in this. Like, I don't want to be someone's puppet. And yeah, so that's exactly what I felt like Hollywood was all about. And so I was like, I'm not going to be a part of this. So how did you get past all of that like tape? Because I'm sure there was a lot of blocks where it was like, no, we're not, you're not going to do this. You know, I think I had so many situations that I dealt with. I actually um, created a workshop and then I 
basically I wanted to initially before it was a nonprofit, I wanted to do a conference Mm -hmm. and I created a series of workshops. And one of them was specific to being in the studio. It's like navigating the male space, your Mm -hmm. creativity and being safe. And like, and I called it the, uh, the red flag checklist. Ooh, I love that. Yeah, but it's just like shit that you have to deal with as a female that you would never experience as a man. Exactly. it's it's bullshit. It's frustrating. I set out to do this nonprofit and then I was like, I want to do this conference. Then COVID hit. And then I had actually, it actually was set up as a nonprofit, but I couldn't Mm -hmm. get the 501c3 because the IRS shut down. And then, yeah. And then I just started like working on some of these music sourcing deals. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to pivot into a company, into a corporation, and I'm still going to, you know, still have the same message, but I am going to be a female founder and CEO of a company that just, you know, has this focus and formalize some of the things I've already been doing. Because the reality, I was looking, I took a step back and I was like, you know, I've worked with a lot of great writers, artists, and they've all been men. And a lot of the major placements that I have were because of my relationships, were me going into a situation and yes, on a collaborative tip, but like, you know, everybody was eating because I had an opportunity that I shared with the room, Mm. you know? So I started going, you know, like you're, you're a connector and you're a curator. So like, let's, I, so yeah, so I pivoted into a corporation and one of the main things that I've been working on is I have another female um, A&R in China and then a female music rep here mm-hmm. that I've been working with. And we have been sourcing songs for talent in China because artists are always looking for new material. Yeah. And so I had, we had my, I had my first in 2020, my first placement with that situation. And the record for this artist, Luhan in China went, it went diamond over there, which is platinum. <gasps> really? Like two days. Yes, girl. I oh my like, gosh. Oh that's my amazing. God. Yeah. So it was really cool. So I've been focusing on trying to, you know, build out opportunities and things and work with other, you know, women, Although, you know, definitely always down with the brown and the black community. That's, you know, you <laughs> yeah. you have to do what, you know, I, I want to give space to like everything that I am, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, I love that. I love that. You're doing so many great things. And it just goes to show that there are no more limits, you know, like before yeah. there was this limit that you had to go through this red tape of, you know, the industry, or you had to be approved, or someone had to say you were good enough. And now you're like, you don't have to go through the red tape. Like I created my own company and to have the results that you've had in China to have a, what'd you say? It was a gold record. It's well, they call it diamond over there, but it's essentially a platinum, a platinum record. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's really cool. And, you know, I had to go through, you know, so many, I mean, I'm a really strong energy and I'm also a city girl. So like, you know, I can't even imagine young girls going into some of the situations I did and walking out without being, you know, abused in some form or another. I mean, it's just, it's just really challenging. It's, it's really, really challenging. 
I've been reading some of the like models and artists that tried to collaborate with Marilyn Manson and what he did to them and how they're still in PTSD and traumatized over how they were like both physically and sexually abused. And to me, it's like, that's so sad. Like all those girls had were just a dream and they met mm-hmm. the wrong person in the industry thinking that that was going to be their connector or their connection or their ticket in. And it turned out to be something so horrific. Yes, And it's not just one story of this one person. It's like multiple women are coming forth with that Marilyn Manson thing. But there's other people like Harvey Weinstein, like there's so many monsters that have like actually. Oh man, so so many. So for you to create this platform for women to feel safe, to feel heard and honored for their gift is incredible. Yes. Oh, thank you. I mean, (laughs) I just feel like, you know, I feel like we have to come together as a community and just kind of advocate for ourselves. And like my goal in 2021 is to even as a, on the creative end, you know, start working with some more female writers and female producers and female artists. Because again, I've always just kind of been connected to men in those positions. And I want to just, I want to experience how it is to like be in a studio session with female writers and a female producer. And because I know it's so much different, (laughs) you know, and Um, now with like everything that's going on, you know, with technology, you really don't need it to be on, you know, Hulu or CBS. Like you can apply to just put it on Netflix yourself, you know, and you can apply to put it on YouTube and it could be just as big as if you put it in a network. Right. Absolutely. And you have, you know, platforms like TikTok. I mean, there's a million different avenues that didn't exist before where like you can take out the middleman. You don't need to be like, oh, I need to sign to a label or, oh, I need to. I mean, you don't even have to even commit to writing a full album. You can drop a single, you can drop a clip of a song, you know? Um, And then there's also all these avenues for, you know, up and coming you know, talent or people that are looking for mentors to be like, oh, wow, this is a a place where like, you know, I can be a young black queer woman and be accepted and feel embraced. And, you know, and I, I want to be that I want to, you know, young people to look at me and be like, wait, you have a wife? Wait, wait, hold on. You're, you're a woman. Oh, you're Puerto Rican. Like, and you're doing this and you're like, yes, girl, like we can, we can run shit, right? Like, we can control our, we can control our own narrative and, you know, we don't have to feel, and, and that's the unfortunate thing with a lot of these stories and situations is it's, it's the gatekeeper, which is, which is actually a song that Jesse Reyes did about mm-hmm. this producer named Detail who did like Drunk in Love for Beyonce. He has like over six rape allegations. <gasps> One of the women just won a $6 million lawsuit last year. He, he, horrific things. But Jesse Reyes, I think Tanache, and I want to say BB Rexa all came out and said, Mm. yeah, he tried to do this to me. And Jesse Reyes actually released a song called The Gatekeeper. Oh my god. That was about her experience with him. But she got out of there. But, you know, you go somewhere because you're like, oh my God, I'm at a party and I meet this guy. And he's like, yeah, we're all going to my studio. And you're like, oh, I know who he is. Like, hell yeah, I want to go because maybe I can get in on a record. And then next thing you know, everybody disappears. And now you're the only person in the room with him. Yeah. It also reminds me of the whole R. Kelly thing. Oh, girl, yes. And all those little girls that he met at the mall 
and they were 14, 15 years old thinking that they met the person that was going to help them with their singing career and they were just became his sex slaves. And it's sad. It's sad because, you know, these men have all this power and they have, you know, the backing of the record label, the backing of the industry, because all they care about is how much money they're bringing in. And they're turning a blind eye for all their extracurricular activities and just pretending it's not existing. So, again, for you to create this agency, BTGN, for women of color, of all, you know, orientation, sexual orientations, just so that they can have a safe space is so incredible. And you should be very proud of yourself and all that you've achieved because you are literally what I like to call, you know, a trailblazer. (gasps) You're, You're really creating the path for future women of color and of of all demographics to have a chance and to have their voice, their words, for them to be seen, you know? And I think as we're turning the edge of a new, you know, a new decade, I think there's so many new possibilities. And like you said, there's so many different avenues that we don't need the gatekeepers anymore. Exactly, exactly. And I think there's, especially this year, you know, with a lot of the unfortunate things that happened with George Floyd, there's, there is a newfound embracing of these communities that before their voices were not being heard and seen. Mm -hmm. And, and so now it's just, it's a beautiful thing to be able to, you know, we want to see representation. Like people want to be able to go, wow, I see myself in that person that, you know what I mean? Like someone can look at someone like myself and be like, she can do it. I can do it. And I'm not Beyonce. You know what I mean? I'm <laughs> yeah. not, I'm not running a major label or a billion dollar corporation, but I've started something of my own with that's very purposeful. And, and to, it's just really important to be able to like see that and know that there are places to go safe spaces and places to kind of build and network. Oh my gosh. I love that. I'm so proud of you. <sighs> Seriously, (laughs) I'm so proud of you. I'm sitting here beaming with like just a huge smile because I know that it's going to open so many doors, not only for you, but for future artists. And it's just going to change the way we see and hear music. Uh, So as we wrap up this episode, Shanna, what would be your nugget of wisdom for anyone who is listening right now? Okay, so my personal nugget would have to be... Not allow anyone to ever make you feel like you're not steering your own ship. You know, there's a lot of people that have opinions and there's a lot of outside external noise on what you should do with your life, who you should be, where you should go. And honestly, you're the only person who truly can answer that. There's been so many times in my life that someone sees someone that I used to be and I'm no longer. Mm. or something that I was formerly interested in, but it's not my jam anymore. Or just Mm -hmm. something that they're like, you're really great at that, you know? Like, you should get a real estate license. That's not what I want (laughs) to do, you know? Or like, everyone has an opinion. But it's like, really, you know, life is so short. Mm. And to just live without regret. And you've got to really, whatever fires you up, whatever like sets you aflame, Mm -hmm. like you got to do it. And it's, it's all about steering your own ship. Like you are the only one. Oh, I love that. That is so amazing. <laughs> okay. How can my audience find you? So you can check out my website, which is BTGN, which by the way, is an acronym for Bridge the Gap Now. 
Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's BTGN. the gap now. That's mm-hmm. great. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's btgntheagency.com. You can also find uh, me on Instagram, btgntheagency, Facebook. Everything is btgntheagency. So Twitter, Facebook. And then also I have a uh, Spotify page where you can check out if you look up Queer Finds of Color. Mm-hmm. So I have a Spotify playlist that's been curated. That's all women of color and LGBTQ plus artists. Oh, that's amazing. And yes. all the links will be in the show notes. Thank you again for listening to Journey of a Fearless Female. I'm your host, Paola Rosser. If you love this episode, make sure to share it with your friends. You can find me on the internet at fearlessfemale.com, on Facebook, the Fearless Female Movement, on Instagram at Fearless Female Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. And ladies, remember, we have the power to rise and face everything. Until next week, goodbye. Goodbye.